The Booty Call Incident. Big Brother is alive and well. The Monday Morning Memo for November 2nd, 2009. My son's cell phone rang. He answered. Hello? I'd like to speak to Booty Williams, please. This is Booty. Is your name really Booty Williams? That's right, Booty Call Williams. That's awesome. That call was from a telemarketing firm that had purchased my son's contact information from a magazine to which he had subscribed. My son is among millions of Americans who see questionnaires as an opportunity to create prize-winning fiction. The incident happened 14 years ago, yet Penny and I continue to receive mail addressed to Booty C. Williams. Booty's evidently Irish twin brother, Shenanigans Williams, also resides at our address. According to the data purchased by the telemarketers, Booty and Shenanigans are both highly educated and incredibly wealthy. I finally signed up on Facebook. Sort of. Do you remember giving Facebook your cell phone number? In return for giving it up to them, you no longer had to type those twisted, hard-to-read security words, proving that you were a person and not a computer. Call me paranoid. Call me crotchety. Call me Rod Wilson. Facebook does. But don't call me on my cell phone. I trust the privacy policy of Facebook about as far as I can kick a watermelon. I will, therefore, continue to type those twisted security words, thereby proving that I, Rod Wilson, am a person, albeit an imaginary one, and not a computer. God bless America. What happens in Vegas no longer stays in Vegas. In the futuristic society described by George Orwell in his book, 1984, everyone is under constant surveillance by the authorities. Citizens are reminded of this by the phrase, Big Brother is watching you. Immediately upon publication of that book in 1949, the term Big Brother entered into general usage to describe any overly inquisitive or overly controlling authority figure or attempts by the government to increase surveillance. Friend, Big Brother is alive and well, and he is us. Who needs private investigators and background checks when you can gather eyewitness accounts, signed confessions, and photographic evidence with just a few clicks? Kirsten Valley writes, The line between private and work lives is blurring in an era where blogs, social networking sites, and party photo sites are increasingly popular. Employers are scanning the internet for information on job applicants and even checking up on existing employees. Companies worry about photos showing drug or alcohol abuse, racially offensive comments, and revealing clothing. Anything that could damage a company's reputation. People are losing their jobs and their marriages because of things that are posted on social media websites. On a more positive note, I mentioned in last week's memo that Twitter and Facebook had lifted online research to a whole new level. Here's a bit of Twitter eavesdropping I did, without even meaning to, while researching Facebook's highly touted, hyper-targetable online ads. RT at Dan Martell. Facebook has a crazy awesome targeted ad platform. If you don't use it, you're kind of crazy. HTTP colon backslash backslash www.facebook.com backslash ads. Drew Mack responded. Facebook ads are a great way to invest your ad dollars if you aren't one of those people who care about results. HTTP colon backslash backslash bit.ly backslash 2nb50q. 
That link provided by Drew Mac proved interesting. You should click it later on the online version of the Monday Morning Memo at mondaymorningmemo.com. Just look in the archives for the Monday Morning Memo for November 2nd, 2009. Facebook is making a mountain of money by exploiting one of the great myths of marketing, namely, Success in advertising depends on reaching the right people. Advertisers are hungry for trackable, direct response, cause and effect marketing. Deep down, the advertiser wants to know, Every time I spend X dollars on advertising, I make X dollars in profit. These advertisers think of advertising as a giant gumball machine. Put in your ad budget, crank the handle, out come the results. And reaching the right people is the key. I believe, however, that success is determined by how you crank the handle. Specifically, 1. How relevant is your message? Are you talking about what people actually care about, or only what you wish they would care about? 2. In what psychological environment was your message delivered? Example 1. Everyone knows that more people listen to the radio during morning drive than at any other time during the day. But people during morning drive are thinking about what awaits them at work. It's during the drive home that they're thinking about what awaits them at home. Consequently, radio ads tend to work better during afternoons and evenings. Example 2. Facebook ads allow you to target with laser-like precision the customer profiles you want to reach. But you'll get better results with untargeted Google AdWords because Google ads appear when the customer is in looking for answers mode. Facebook ads appear when the customer is in connecting with friends wasting time mode. I realize it's counterintuitive, but when is often more important than who. Quit looking for the right people. Instead, dig deep for a message worth shouting from the housetops. You'll be surprised how many people become the right people when you finally begin saying the right thing. Roy H. Williams P.S. Go to mondaymorningmemo.com and click the picture at the beginning of the online version of the memo. That will take you down the rabbit hole or off on another stimulating excursion. Also, go to wizardacademy.org and stay up to date with all the courses available. Don't miss the one you want to attend. There are lots of courses coming up, and they fill up fast. We'll see you when you get here.